Welcome Wargamers, join your hosts, Falco and Monty, two Canadian wargaming enthusiasts, as we explore all aspects of tabletop wargaming. We roll dice, talk tactics, share hobby hacks, and explore new tabletop systems, all on the Trident Wargaming Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back. Uh, today I am joined with one of the Battle Brothers, Mr. Dan. He, uh, he was on the oh. uh, podcast before, so you might remember him. If not, this is uh, Dan. This is the Princeps Seniors here. Oh, yeah, hey. <laughs> I'm glad to be back. Uh, I know it was a little awkward there, but, you know, I'm I'm glad to be back. So Awesome, man. Because I missed last time, and then you guys just talked about me the whole time. Well, that's true, and we tried to do you justice, but it, uh, <laughs> you know, coming we, from some noobs, it didn't it didn't work out perfectly. <laughs> we got the gist. Yeah, we had a, a a Vox blackout, as you could say. Our, it was a for whatever reason there was a power failure in our city. Took out the 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 cell phone. Sorry, the. The radio, t- her radio towers, the cell towers. Yeah. I didn't have any data, so I wasn't able to even come on Discord or use my computer or anything. So I wasn't even, I couldn't even try. Yeah. Unless I'm, I wanted to drive to the other end of the city where the power was working, but. Yeah. I remember you were saying, you're like, man, I only got like 10%. It's going to die. I was like, oh, it's over, man. Like, it's just that not too, happening. Yeah. I couldn't even charge my phone. I had to like sit in my car and like had it running for like half an hour just to even charge my phone oh god so yeah it happens it happens yeah so but we got you we got you in now for an episode so that's always good mm-hmm. um i guess just to kick things off hobby stuff i know i, I know i've been pretty busy but what, what have you been up to last little while um so uh, yeah, we didn't end up going to Vegas, and I was I was working at finishing my uh, Volpa. I I didn't manage to do that. I just got deterred because. And the other thing was, all I had left was the paint trim, and who the hell wants to paint trim? So no doubt. <laughs> I just put them to the side because I had this uh, this little secret DIY Legio that I had that I was sort of working on, and now I just wanted to pull those guys out so now i've just started to work on those guys for now yeah so those are the guys you were playing on the weekend yeah yeah okay okay we'll get we'll get we'll get to that in just a sec um no that's that's good i know i know i've been cranking out on titan frames getting panels all primed up ready to go uh because yeah we we weren't able to hit uh vegas i got Nurgle's touch. I became a herald of contagion, and uh, <laughs> you know, I uh, wasn't able to go. So, um, but yeah, I, I did get a decent amount of stuff done. Built a few warhounds. Built uh, two reavers. Another warlord. Still got a little bit of a to do pile, but um, it's it's coming along. It's been it's been good. So, and and yeah, we're we've been talking about it a bit, but. Uh... Yeah, um, I'm excited for those um, those Zona Metallus boards that just became available like a week ago. Yes, yes. And I have this big plan to make this big, uh, you know, um, orbital station kind of thing because I have all these, all the mechan- the Mechanicum or the 
whatever the factory uh, box sets that that came out. Oh, with the cranes, cranes and all that and stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah, and and like building the scenes from like Titan Deaths for when the Slur- uh, Slurria and Falpo were fighting each other and stuff out on the orbit. So, so I'm excited to get those soon. What's this thing called? This is the Manufactorum Imperialis. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what it's called. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I ended up grabbing a couple boxes because apparently that's the only thing GW sells for Titanicus train now. Yeah, so, a lot of the the Civitas I think are long gone. Yeah, which R.I.P. They're they look beautiful. Uh, as a guy who's been building a couple of them they're bullshit like for real they are and like i hate them they look awesome but i hate it um i bought four boxes worth of used terrain and but they weren't put together very well so i broke them all apart just with super glue and stuff and now i'm dreading trying to put them together because brand new sprue out of the box cut with those mighty god hand clippers it mm-hmm. still goes to, together like shit. So I'm like, no, it's going to be even worse with all this uh, extra crap I got to kind of dremel off and put together. So uh, not looking forward to that, but it is what it is. So, Because <laughs> uh, I, I think you were saying that it was almost as bad as the old Imperial Sector stuff where it's like lining up walls and trying to make things just fit, but they don't really fit as should it pretty much is and they they have you know they built it and they thought they were clever with like these interference fits where you can put small little boxes on top of other buildings and stack them Mm -hmm. the problem is is you're gluing two panels together that come to like a really nice crisp point and you have to glue like a separate like cross beam in between the two Mm -hmm. but if it's not lined up perfect when you're trying to, you know, sandwich it on top of another one, you'll hear them like crack, crack, and you're like, oh shit, because you know, like the angle is off or whatever the case. You're not making a true like 90 degree angle with that rectangle building. They might be kind of just a little bit out, and it, it's a little tough. So mm. plastic glue is your friend. That's all I'll say. It lets you work with it for a bit. So that's what I've learned. But um, I guess let's get to the the good stuff. Uh, this episode. Is called Reaver Retaliation because now in several of my games I have been curb stomped by Reavers that get too close and just axe my leg off. And uh, I've had Warlords go down like nothing. So um, we got to get together on the weekend. There was four of us. We got to get some gaming in. It was nice to roll some dice. Uh, the game was really fun with like for myself, I was playing Josh, and I know you and Andy were uh, throwing down. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, yeah, it, it was a lot of fun to kind of get back into it. I know it, it's starting to ramp up now, where we get some dedicated drop-in times to play. So that part's been uh, that part's been pretty good. I I chickened out and went went with an Axiom Manipul again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've played like all four of my games with it just. It's kind of what I know, right? And as I start looking at other ones, I kind of just get spooked. I'm like, ah, I don't know, man. And I just kind of drift back to what I know. But there's a couple different ones I want to try out. Um, I'm going to butcher you, that name. You gotta. Uh, you just have to accept that you're going to fail 
those orders and not have to do and you won't do orders for the rest of that round yeah you just have to accept that that's what's going to happen because that's, that's the true. only mana pull that lets you just there's so much forgiveness with that one yeah well if you fail two in a row it still sucks <laughs> <laughs> and it happened to me <laughs> i rolled the one and then i rolled the one and josh is like you're gonna shake that dice so i was like man i wish i did because double ones really sucks and then he ended up failing his order and he's like well okay that really sucked for both of us so yeah because uh... i know even even andy had like one of those moments where he you know he's like because i was like you know telling him i'm like you know with orders generally you want to start with the guy with the highest command, usually your princep, you know, and work your way down. Because you don't want to fail on a on a war round that's, you know, leadership five. And he's he's like, oh, okay. So he starts with his princep, rolls it, rolls a one, and he's like, so that's just the end of my orders? And I'm like, yeah, buddy, that's, that's the end of your orders. Because you just rolled the worst result on, on a princep, yeah. war, uh, warlord, right? Which would be a two plus. Every, every other dice roll would have been fine, except for that one, which just... Oh, no stop the whole thing brutal that's <laughs> brutal yeah. so, so you you obviously uh want to talk about your ptsd of reavers well it just stuff to you? yeah so you know during during my time playing titanicus uh and it's been mentioned like i've read some goon hammer articles about it and they're talking about you know, having a battle plan and making sure you're, you know, thinking ahead and coming from heresy, right? Um, there's there's some tactical uh, nuances to that game, but to Titanicus, honestly, like, there's a whole other layer of these tactics with timing, especially of how you're going to do your activations. And uh, the game was going, it was going okay until turn three. And I really, like, dropped the ball. I totally screwed up on the way I should have done my activations. And I ended up getting uh, charged because of it before I could fire and do some major damage. I had to fire first order on my Warlord. And because my Warhound was in a position where uh, the objective was I had to be so close to his deployment zone. If I'm outside of 24, I don't get any points. So I ended up uh, moving my Warhound up first because he was going to get a side shot on him from his uh, Warlord. And I was like, oh, okay, I got to stay a step ahead of him. But here, you know, I'm in charge range of getting completely just annihilated by this Reaver. And I just blanked out, didn't even look at it. And, okay, cool. And then he's like, all right, I'm going to charge. And I'm like, no. And just <laughs> that was it. Like that poor Warlord didn't didn't get a chance to to use the fire first i might have been able to call shot on the leg because his leg was damaged already um mm -hmm. i had not the best chance but still the chance where i could have probably killed him if i rolled well with all my weapons um but it, it cost me my warlord and my warlord was i won't lie boys like gather close it was pretty <laughs> much mint like <laughs> I had one damage pip on the body, and that was it. Like, I still had half voids. Everything was looking good. My reactor was in the green. Mm -hmm. uh, just, yeah. And then he just came up and touched me, and that was it. That Warlord was pretty much half crippled. And then he got to actually do some major damage later, and I just, that was it. I couldn't get, couldn't get far away enough in time and just, yeah. But that one activation, man. 
that one activation got me and uh both times my warlords have fallen down to that it's, it's been against reavers so reavers kind of scare me did he uh did he use his stratagem where he gets like extra attacks yes he did i'm trying to look for it right now i think it's in the loyalist book and i'm i'm used to the traitor book um i think it fuck. was it it increased his attacks like it, he gets like an extra i think it was six inches worth of attacks yeah so even if you move three inches he still got like an extra three attacks or something like that and i was like oh god and obviously chain fist just came rolling in he's like i'm gonna call your leg and i was like no no <laughs> and that was it man like leg gone because yeah the josh plays uh Grafonicus, like every other person, and he, uh, yeah, he plays them well. So yeah, yeah, we've got four <laughs> Grafonicus players locally, <laughs> and like tight knit locally, right? Like I'll, yeah. we'll probably be playing against Grafonicus all the time, right? Unless probably, unless yeah. you decide to turn coat and run your defensor, and then you're fighting us too, but. It's just, yeah, it's it's going to be fun. I, I've got some Titan Rex on my bases that I'm probably going to paint up in Griffonicus colors because just being yeah, we were joking the majority. About yeah. yeah, we were just like, well, the majority of the population have Griffonicus, so just paint all your stuff on your, your dead models as uh, Griffonicus. Yeah, I think that's going to work it, out good. Appeal to some, or, uh, it'll piss off half our group, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, then they'll just bring more Reavers and throw me into the corner and lay the boots to me, right? So yeah, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's been interesting. I, I've even considered taking that power claw of Warlord now, just because it's like you know, at least I have something to hit back with. Yeah, so. yeah. I don't, I don't know if a, a fist on a a Warlord is worth it. I'm not, not. I don't mean as an attack to try and be like a Reaver and like fly yeah. up the board and try to kill something like defensive it's more of a defensive thing yeah, yeah. against reavers or um knights that try to screw with you yeah so and yeah just learning more little uh little things about the game too right like it's you know what it's always better to fire your blast first mm -hmm. um especially if you can get some cool splash damage uh firing it close to um, you know, packed titans, so you can kind of try and get multiple hits. That seems to be a really nice uh, way to roll. Um, I know we ended up getting the Void Breaker rule wrong. Uh, Josh and I were talking about it earlier today. And um, it's not per hit that you roll the additional. It's just if you get a hit, you have to take an additional two dice. So even mm -hmm. with three hits total from your, uh, you know, the Volkite weapons you'll only ever get max five dice for the guy to roll. Where we were rolling it, you know, uh, at the time it was two per hit. Per and hit, I was like, oh yeah. man, this is sick, right? Like, to hell with Vulcan Mega Bolters, man. I'm going Vulcites all day. And then it was well, like, yeah, oh, it's, every... it's not that good, actually. Because, <laughs> yeah, after we talked about it, I was thinking about it. I was just like, what Like, what was everyone complaining about when they first came out? And I was like, oh, you know, like, you know, Mega, uh, yeah, Vulcan Mega Bolters were always better and people are and people are like the volkites are garbage and it's just like and then all of a sudden you're saying like oh nine hits i'm like that's pretty good like why yeah that's I amazing playing against that <laughs> yeah it's amazing but, it's well there's a reason why because it was wrong so yeah 
That's okay. Yeah, live, he... live and learn. We both played it yeah. that way, so. Yeah, Josh ended up messaging me and telling me that, uh, yeah, that you guys did it, or we, he did it wrong, because he played it, he played me before he played you, so. Yeah. I do, uh, I did notice, too, um, and this is something I asked, like, in the greater community, but it was met with some silence, is on the card, it says that the max range is 20 inches, mm-hmm. but on the battle scribe, and don't get me wrong, I'm not treating it as gospel, I'm just saying, you know, on battle scribe, it says 24, so I'm wondering if it's just a misprint, or like kind of a mistake, because they just copy and paste it from the Warlord one, or uh, what the scene is, but yeah, I was asking if anybody knew of an FAQ, I tried to read through it, and I didn't see anything apparent, so, uh, they have something for every book, it seems, out there, mm-hmm. but nothing, nothing on specific cards for the Volkite. They did talk well, about the Gatling Blasters and how it's Corridor, not an arc anymore. So, <laughs> which that really, really wrecked my day here. I played Dan last a uh, couple weeks ago and I was like, oh, dude, I don't even have to take the, you know, tracking gyros anymore. I I have, uh, you know, arc with the Gatlers anyways. And he's like, hmm. And then hour later, it's like, oh, sad panda. I was like, oh, why'd you send me that, right? It just totally <laughs> totally blew apart my plan, and it's like, well, now I have to find another 50 points to squeeze into this army, so. Yeah, it, it's kind of, now that we're getting more involved into, like, Titanicus, it, it, it's almost, it's turning into heresy where it, it's, it's finding all the Dragon Balls to try and get a complete rule set. Yeah. Because we got, you know, there's six or seven different rule books, and then there's... FAQs, the FAQ, for whatever reason, it's correcting the old books, but it's still correcting the new books, and they should just start fresh and just have, like, a, a general brand-new Titanicus FAQ. Yeah, that that would be nice. Like, um, I did, definitely didn't miss out on any of the books. I've got them, but just yeah. from what I've noticed... Unless you're looking for some specific uh, campaign stuff or um, certain missions, a lot of it seems to be in the uh, loyalist and trader books now. Yeah, no, yeah, and that's the way I've been looking at it too. Because, well, even like I, I, I played somebody and they're like, "Oh yeah, I got the stratagem," and I'm like, "Where'd you get it from?" And they're like, "A book," and I'm like, "What book?" And they're like, "I don't know." Battlescribe says it's on this book, and I'm like. So you're you're going off a rule from Battlescribe that's got it from some book that you don't even own. Like, how are you using it, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know if it's updated or relevant anymore, right? It's like, true, yeah, it could be gone by so, now. Yeah, yeah. So, but, but yeah. So I don't know. It's all I guess we got a little got a, tangenty there. Well, it's just. It's going through and trying to get all the, like you said, get all the info, get all the Dragon Balls and really start to yeah. kind of hone the game. It's nice to know, um, you know, as a as a war gamer, it's nice to know the dimensions of the box that you have to play in. Mm-hmm. Right? Is, I guess, the best way to put it. So the, the, the more you can kind of learn that and the faster you learn that, the, the better you'll get some... Uh, really crucial experience right it, it very feels very much feels like um making 
the right combination of activations, like making the least amount of, I don't want to say mistakes, but the least amount of like um, tactical errors will yeah. definitely carry you in the game to a point where it can be very fun and very um, unforgiving, like like I explained, like if you make the wrong call. So yeah, that part's and pretty that, fun. And I think with the game, I think honestly, with the game, I think ten percent of the ten percent of of you winning is your your actual legio because all they're kind of I wouldn't say balanced, but there there's nothing like super strong about most legios. Mm-hmm. And then forty percent is luck because you know in this game it's all dice oriented and there's things that can happen. And then the other 40% is you actually being a, a good commander or princep or whatever you want to call yourself. Yeah. And actually being good at playing tabletop games. Yeah. No, very true. Very true. So, I mean, it, so it basically just comes down to luck and actually being skilled. Yeah. yeah but cause... that can swing the other way for someone who's not skilled, right? Oh, very true. 40%. Just very true. Lucky dice rolls. Um, I know in my game, uh, because we were also talking, we use strats as well. This is the second time we use some strat points and mm-hmm. this game, we played 2k, uh, per side, um, for our, our, uh, legios and we had six points each we could use. And, uh, I, I went gluttonous. I only picked, you know, three strats that were two points a piece. Um, you know, trying to get, you know, trying to get a little gamey, get some gamey shit going on in there. And it did yeah. backfire a little bit. Uh, I ended up taking experimental uh, coolant and experimental weaponry where I was really hoping to get my Gatling blasters on the carapace with maximal fire. And I ended up rolling on my Mori Quake cannon instead. And uh, that was that kind of sucked a little bit. Don't get me wrong, when the Quake cannon barked, like it, it did damage. But yeah. it was just like, uh, you know, it would have been so much cooler for 12 strength 7 shots with ordnance just blasting away. Because um, then you can actually start to plink away a little bit. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, one of those things. It was a fun, um, not gimmick, but you know, it was a fun little strategy to try and uh, pull off. Mm-hmm. Uh, the experimental coolant I thought was really cool. Uh, the 5 plus, yeah, it, it's okay. Um for what you get to like use it for, it, it's nice to be able to just have the extra rolls. But coming like from a uh, a trader legio, I'd rather just end up taking uh, frozen soul and then you know backing it up with uh, the Gilidara, where you can mm-hmm. vent your plasma quicker and just you know get extra dice as well. That is to help with uh, venting plasma. So it's I think that would be a better use instead of using strat points for that. Yeah. Um, that's just my thing. And then I ended up using that haywire bombardment again because it was so greasy against Andy. I loved it. And uh, it, uh, <laughs> it it did do some damage to uh, some Warhounds of Josh's, which was nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll have to definitely play around with a bunch and uh, see how it goes. I know we used the open card uh, deck pack too, the open war one. That was really cool. Uh, we were on a planet where... We had to roll dice and anything two up, you got to do D6, strength eight hits, bombardment to each other. And if you rolled a one, your opponent got to do it twice. And uh, there was a redeeming turn. I think it was turn four where 
Josh rolled a one, and I was able to actually bombard him twice, but I rolled, like, you know, one on the D6 or two, and then strength eight, I'm rolling ones to do damage. It's just superficial, uh-huh. nothing, right? Yeah. I was just like, I just looked at him, he's like, man, yeah. your dice suck, right? I was like, this is terrible. It's just, ugh. That's, that's, that's what I'm talking about with the dice roll. Mm-hmm. You know, there's times where it could just, you could totally get 12 shots and roll all sixes, right? But... You know, you ended up rolling ones and twos, and yeah, and that's that's the thing. Um, I guess it's one thing to always keep in mind, especially when you're playing anything that involves dice. Is the dice gods have the final say, <laughs> and if they don't want you to do well, they will they will stuff you at every turn. Right? There are times, yep. you know, and I'm talking about the guys who are the counting doing the averages in their head like well on average i should get this the dice gods they like you especially because they really they really <laughs> want to twist it in you and be like oh now you're rolling below average and it happens the guys are like this is insane like this is so just unlikely to happen and i'm like but it's happening and you just gotta accept it like <laughs> it's just the way it is so those dirty dice gods they do get you there was a there was a funny moment I played with because I was I was playing with Josh a couple of weeks ago, and there was a time where I I had to make oh I can't remember w- what the roll was but I needed two sixes to survive, and I was just like man I need two sixes and I was like I was like dear you know any chaos god that's listening and I threw my dice dark patron and I yeah got, yeah and I got <laughs> box cars and I was just laughing because I and Josh is like. What? And I was like, I got boxcars, right? And he's just like, oh, that's awesome. And I was just like, because <laughs> so you know, he sold his soul for boxcars. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. You too can become a uh, champion of the gods. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, it, it is. It's crazy though, like the, how swingy the game can be. But I, I, I do like that as well because it's. Again, the the best battle plan can just get foiled within a, within a single dice roll, and you're like, "Oh, here we go." I've so. uh, I tried to explain that that Titanicus is is like Mario Kart or like Mario Party. I don't know if you ever played these games, Bill. Where oh, I I'm aware of Mario Kart. Yeah. <laughs> so you could be in first for the whole game, and then there'll be some. You know, you hear that that noise. Yeah, yeah, that one blue shell, and it screws (laughs) your whole thing up, and you're in last place, and it's just like, ah. The worst part is is you can hear it coming, and it's getting louder, and you're like, oh, and you're like toes curl as you're just still accelerating with the controller. Yeah, Yeah. and that's Titanicus when all of a sudden, you know, you're like, oh, I'll just run my Titan a little hot, you know, I'll just run him a little hot. And all of a sudden, you're just rolling real bad on the reactor, and then you just explode them because you rolled a ten. Yeah. <laughs> when he, you know, he had shields, but you just ran them hot. So. Yeah, you, you could also be like me with that one warhound who tried to get away. Uh, a reaver was able to catch up to me quite quickly because he was rocking out a uh, forex manipole with Griffonicus. So the reavers are very mobile and mm-hmm. uh, very hard to get away from. And I ended up doing um, some mini explosions, did D3, strength 9, damage to my body. I ended up taking, like, two pips of damage. 
and he was so close. He's like, "Oh, I'm gonna call shots on the body now." He's like, "Cause you kind of <laughs> helped me, right?" And I was like, "Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome, Josh." I was like, "Roll hot, buddy." And yeah, he just like a hot knife through butter, and that was it. Warham went down, and I was like, "Ugh." <laughs> I practically handed it to him, you know, like here, please mm-hmm. cut here. So, um, it was fun though. It, it was good. It was a good learning game uh, to knock some rust off, and again with the more uh, more active placing now, I think it'll get a lot better. Oh, for sure, yeah. So, um, I know we, we've talked a lot about it a little bit here and there, but uh, we're planning on trying to grow the community locally. So, I, I've got a, uh, a event um, on the horizon. It'll be for the end of March. Uh, try and start getting some some of the people out of the woodworks. Like It's been around for you know, a solid two years. There's, on the one page, I want to say there's almost like 60 people locally mm-hmm. but i think like a solid 20 like actually post and have played at some point and i'd like to tap into that uh play group and hopefully entice some more people to check it out and start coming down to play um i, I think it'll be a lot of fun especially just having uh you know having everybody get together for some of the games i've been i've been doing some reading online uh from guys making um, Titanicus events and seeing how they run and we're trying to look at throwing like a narrative spin on it and having you know some background story uh, where in this particular one it's going to be a, a de-escalation um, type event so you'll start with 2,000 points and you'll drop 400 points for round two and then you'll drop 400 points for round three and it'll be just a, a three three round uh, one day or but um, just to try to show and keep it you know fun and fluffy where your titans are engaging they're battling damage is happening titans are mm-hmm. actually getting knocked out and falling down so out of the titans that you'll end up losing in battle out of those you have to reduce right and take uh, take one of them out to make room and just to showing this this awesome attrition between the forces and I, I think yeah. I think it'll be fun for like a first time you know, let's just get out there and roll dice, and um, we'll have some prizing and, you know, some pretty cool little swag items and whatnot, but uh, it'll definitely yeah. be a lot of uh, a lot of fun to check it out, see how the event runs, and from there, probably start looking at uh, some campaign stuff, or maybe pickup games. I know Dan was looking into it a little bit deeper than I was, but um, very cool layer of storytelling where you can engage in another uh battle right with damaged titans actually dan why don't you just touch on that a little bit because you're a little more familiar than i am yeah so uh from my understanding the whole the whole campaign works on credits and if you've ever played like mech warrior it's basically like that that you know you start with so much money and then you buy your you buy your mechs in this case it'd be titans so you buy your titans and and you basically your your titans uh everything's separate too so all your weapons when you buy them they're you, you're buying them you just stick them in a roster so so whenever you go into a battle you just that's what you load out you're putting on your titan and and basically you're you're playing for honor but uh you know you're you're also playing for money and and during the battle, 
as you get damaged, um, it, at the end of the at the end of the battle, you keep all that damage. So if you want to start the next game with no damage, you have to start uh, repairing it with your credit. So if you don't have any credit, or you know you're spending credit elsewhere, or whatever, you could end up starting a battle with with a half busted reaver or you know a whatever right just to even try and fill your mana pull up and that sounds so it, super unforgiving yeah and i i think it could add this little cool layer of of guys just being like well whatever i'll just keep whatever damage because i want to stick you know a, a bellicose cannon on my warlord this time but I, I don't care if he starts with one crit on the legs or something, right? I'm just going to keep him back. So there's that whole, like, layer of, like, oh, you know, I'm not going to charge up today because I'm scared he's going to get beat up. So, But it also it also makes people play safer. Yeah, it does. It, it, I think it will anyways if people are worried about losing Titans because in the game, if, if a Titan dies, you have to... You have to roll to see if your crew dies because you, you you do get a crew in the game and they do gain experience and all this other stuff. But your crew has to eject, and if if they don't eject, or if on the D six roll if they don't eject, then you they basically lose them. And then to get that Titan back that die or uh, gets destroyed at the end of the battle, you have to you have to salvage it. So you have to pay. I think there's you have to pay whatever the the chassis costs plus a a percentage. I think it's twenty percent or forty percent. I can't remember of what what the initial chassis cost. Oh wow! And so there's like all these these cool little things that you could do. I think and you could make it as as complex as you want to because you could get to the point where you can like have people control for uh forge worlds and then the forge worlds are doing things for you and then you could have people you know assign people to go fight these different worlds i you know it's as complex as you want it's in the uh iron and shadow book is the one okay that has like the complete campaign so nice i'll definitely have to check it out because it, it does sound like a lot of fun um especially you know uh, get some of the kinks worked out, see how it kind of plays out with a larger group, and if it's something we can incorporate down the road, I think mm -hmm. it would be a lot of fun to, uh, you know, try and keep this campaign feel going throughout an event and having, like, truly the 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 princeps that, you know, has piloted their Legio the most effectively standing at the end. I think it would be kind of sweet to... To be able to reflect that on the tabletop and um, locally throughout that campaign stuff, so yeah, and I I know that it's going to be a lot of more like managing like your lists and stuff and like trying to figure out what's what and and but I yeah I was just thinking that that you don't even so much have to do like the money part or like the experience part for it, yeah. but you could do because we've played uh, we've played Centurion events. Or one of your centurion event was you have loyalists and traitors, right? Where you're like, you guys figure out who's fighting who. Yeah. Right. I I remember it was it was this pre COVID or BC or AC. Uh, that was BC, man. All BC. BC. 
or I guess DC during COVID. During, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we came up with these good little acronyms, BC, yeah, before COVID times, because it feels yeah. like it's just, yeah. Never ending, but yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, we played this campaign style uh, event, and yeah, you had it where people were like, oh, okay, you know, so-and-so's fighting this so you guys want so you get to pick who's going to challenge him or whatever right yeah so you can you know you can do that and get benefits and whatever else which is part of the campaign or could potentially be part of the campaign if you choose to go that that complex yeah so it wouldn't be bad i guess to start honestly like really adding that immersion into it because i i think the more immersive a campaign is the more excited the players are to actually play it and then Mm -hmm. you know the more enjoyable it becomes it really starts to pick up steam like in the beginning we'd be like oh this is kind of what is this clunky shit you came up with right like but you know you start playing and you start actually cranking through games and you're like oh you know what this isn't actually so bad because it's adding that little extra layer of fun um yeah to your games it's like the difference between just like uh, I was gonna just I was gonna use 40k as an example, but just like a 40k game or like a little more in depth with like the Crusade rules. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you can add a little a little extra layer of fun to it, and you're still playing the game. It's just just a little different. So I think that'll it'll be a lot of fun to explore. So that will be good. That will be good. I ended up, uh, what else? For Titanicus. Um, definitely, yeah, just trying to get the, the rest of the backlog done. Uh, I've still mm-hmm. got a Warlord. I've still got uh, Nemesis Warbringer, and I still have a Warmaster Titan to uh, bust out. So it's, you know, I, I got a decent amount of work ahead of me. Um, with those kits but i've got lots of magnets and lots of glue and so it's it's gonna be fun i just want to get this uh current little batch of stuff i have waiting done um just to kind of get some completed titans so i'm ready for that event um yeah get everything kind of set up but yeah i'm definitely looking yeah, forward uh, to it yeah i now that i'm thinking about it yeah i i got lucky and got a at Psy Titan from Forge World, and now I'm just waiting on Battle Bling to deliver the alternative head. The goods. Um, the goods. Yeah. Oh, you got that, uh, what, the mage head? Yeah, the one with the little eyeball popping out or whatever. Nice. So, um, Very nice. Yeah, I have a few uh, Battle Bling items myself that I was going to do a little, little video on just to show kind of the different stuff that I got and... Uh, for anybody who's not familiar, I'll have a link in the description so you can check out their Etsy store. Um, really cool 3D printed upgrades. Uh, they come pre like supported for magnets and everything as well, just like you know the mm-hmm. plastic stuff. Um, but they have a totally huge um, array of different style weapons. Um, some of them that are reflected in the book. Some are just super outlandish, and you can customize your Titans however you want them to look honestly yeah there's there's a whole bunch of lots of cool stuff like um some of the cool stuff i saw they're actually mostly for reavers they got they got chaos stuff where you can uh there's a little socket that you 
put in there and then it's got two sockets you if you wanted to for whatever reason a reaver with two two power fists on one side not that it'd be not that you could play with it in the game but just to make them look corrupted in some way right yeah or there's the one with the there's like a ball and chain yeah they have like a corruption flail thing you can yeah in and yeah it's pretty sweet and then yeah and then they they have like if if you're the kind of guy that's like oh i i have a war master i'm not buying the other version of it well they have those alternative upgrade parts for you so if you wanted you know if you had a war master you're like oh i need an i want to maybe play with an iconoclast but i don't want to spend the outrageous money and have a second model i'm probably never used yeah they they have you know they have a chain fist they have a power claw so if you wanted to run that and then they have like the the top they have uh sorry top mounted carapace weapons that you could substitute for whatever the alternative is so yeah you know they're they're definitely the good guys to go to for yeah. stuff like that they are for sure um i know there's a bunch of different companies out there it's just this one kind of came out on the market it came out really hot um for those warlord upgrades the guy or the sorry the war master upgrades i was i was looking and pricing it out and i think it's about 85 bucks and you can get everything you need to change out to, from a war master into an iconoclast which isn't bad considering that iconoclast is 190 retail yeah here in canada yeah yeah in canada the land of maple and beavers um <laughs> so yeah it's just uh it, it's pretty good value uh considering like it's less than half what the model would cost you and mm -hmm. uh it, it is unique they they add a little um little unique flair to your actual model so that's kind yeah, of yeah nice because they because yeah they they have options too right so they have like the chain sword uh -huh. and then they have like a chain axe yeah big axe yeah so I'm definitely happy, and I've I've gone back to them twice now. So it's pretty, it's pretty good. Um, mm -hmm. All in all, it's pretty good. Um, but definitely, let us uh, let us know in the comments if you guys have been getting some games in, if you've been learning any um, any crucial moments uh, like the rest of us, uh, if you've been using Battle Bling or building your own custom stuff or you know sending us more pics i know we've been noticing uh some more on the the hashtag trident wargaming on instagram um we always like to go check it out and there's been there's been new uh models popping on there which is always cool to see mm -hmm. um so it, it's a lot of fun um i know with some of that stuff you were working on dan because you were you were playing andy with uh what was it mortis no, 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 my own Legio. Oh, oh, you made your own. Oh, okay. I, I was curious because yeah. I was like looking at it, and I was like, "Oh, it must looks like Mortis." So I was like, hmm. "Mortis ish." They're just dark. They they have black tops, and then they have burgundy a burgundy bottom half. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of went through the book, and I was like, "Oh, you know, what's kind of makes them what makes them look traitor." So I basically just wanted to build a Legio that I was just like, when people look at it, they go, 
Yeah, that's Trader. Yeah. Right. So I just picked some color schemes that, and some colors that were very close to other other Legios, and maybe that's probably why. Yeah. Well, that's good. They seem like Morris, but yeah. Well, similar similar colors, but definitely a little bit different. I know they're looking pretty cool though with the gold and stuff. So they were looking good. It'll it'll be fun. We'll we'll have to take some pictures and. Uh, Oh yeah, for sure. Post, you know, post some more pictures of the games as we play, because uh, I know yourself, uh, you're well on your way to having all your stuff done, and Josh went ham and just was like, "Hey guys, I got a Legio," and you're like, "What the hell?" Like, he's like, "Yeah, I like this game." Oh. And next thing I know, he had a Legio done. I'm like, "Jesus!" I'm like, holy, <laughs> you want to paint mine too? Because damn, <laughs> that was fast. And he does a pretty good job too. Yeah, for a guy that's colorblind, he paints very well. Yeah. And he's painting to these these higher standards with like, you know, the rust spots and the, you know, the the shading and the chipping damage and everything. Weathering and yeah. Um, if you if you get a chance, uh, I'll, I'll even I do have some pictures. So if you're looking at or watching this on YouTube, the thumbnail will actually have a picture of one of Josh's Reavers. And I'll, I'll throw up uh, the other two pictures on there as well. But, like, the guy hand-painted these checker uh, patterns in mm -hmm. some certain spots. And at first I was like, did you hand-paint those? Or is that a decal? And he's like, oh, man, I hand-painted that. And I'm, like, looking, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, that's really good. Like, really good. Um, so uh, it's definitely uh, inspired me to get rolling and uh, get, you know, some cool stuff going on my Legio with some marble effects here and there, some checkers, some stripes, different style heraldries on all the different uh, Titan engines. Just, you know, really make each war machine feel like its own, but on the tabletop it's part of a whole, right? And uh, I think that's half the fun with uh, Titanicus is just all the different kind of customization you can do. So. Oh yeah, for sure. You you can go as simple as you want, or you can make them all, you know, checker patterns and stripes and all these other things. And, mm -hmm. oh, and that, that's what I love about the game. It it's not like painting Space Marines where all of them are the same, and, and there's no point in painting every Space Marine to look different because you're going to be spending hours yeah. doing that. It's true. Well. Titanicus, you know, you might have six models, and it's easier to do all that. It does feel easier. Um, it's the definitely heraldry. a lot less. It's a lot less to do. Airbrush is awesome. I ended up picking mm -hmm. up. Well, that reminds me. I ended up picking up a uh, one of those gold Liquitex um, pens, paint pens, or markers um, to try out for some trim love because. I've uh, been seeing it online, been hearing more guys checking it out, and I'm like, well, I'm about to go through trim hell, and uh, <laughs> I was like, you know what, What what's the worst that can happen? I do it on, say, a Warhound to practice, and I'm like, yeah, I don't like it, and I go back to brush, or it becomes like my new ace in the tool belt, right? Yeah. I don't know, that marker sounds pretty fancy to me, I don't know, you're not... You're not getting down low with us. Yeah. I'm just using a, a Sharpie. You ain't crawling through the trenches. Like a, from Walmart. Like a, <laughs> the Sharpie, yeah, yeah. Well, and then... The gold, gold Sharpie, yeah. Yeah. Well, then there are there still are guys, you know, that are very, um, 
offended by the notion of you know using a sharpie or a marker and it's like you know you're cheating you're not yeah, goddamn war hero like me with a paintbrush right and it's like oh my goodness right like man it it's gonna be painted though it'll be okay right like that's the that's the main goal but uh <laughs> yeah once you put sealer over it you can't you can't even tell no no well because did you use the sharpie on your uh your home brew legio yeah and see yeah i i thought you i thought you painted it so no. like there you go it, it it works nice and yeah works nice the coverage looked good because i took a peek at them and i was like huh that's kind of cool and i'm like hmm. and i just reflected on yeah painting that warlord damn near like killed my hands man carpal tunnel setting in and i was like oh god <laughs> it's not even done so just brutal but uh yeah i'll, I'll definitely um keep everybody kind of appraised and i'll take some pics and on the instagram and stuff of uh when it comes in and i'll do a little couple test runs and just see right like I'm using Retributor Armor as my main color, and this is kind of like a bright gold, so I hope it's going to be very close where I don't have to double back and do stuff that's already done. Um, but we'll see. It uh, Only time will tell. So Time will tell. But, yeah. No, overall, it was... Um, this, was uh, this was a good one. It was nice to bring you on again, Dan, and, you know, talk some shop and get some things kind of rolling for titanicus and i know there's a lot of excitement going so we'll definitely keep uh mm -hmm. keep bringing out the content for you guys and uh yeah you know just let us know how your games are going that's the big thing it's huge so oh. yeah yeah and you know thanks for having me and and i you know i might not be part of trying but i i do like seeing people posting stuff and talking about stuff on your page and your channel and stuff like that so i mean you, it, it's cool to see the fans come and you know post things because you know i'm a fanboy myself so seeing that stuff is is cool to me too so yeah no and it, it is cool it, it's it, it's half the reason we wanted to kind of keep doing this stuff right is it's it's fun to bring out content. It's fun to do that. The real fun comes from, you know, joining our friends on here, playing the games, and then interacting mm -hmm. with everybody online and checking out their projects because that's yeah. where everybody draws inspiration from someone else, right? So um, it's it just it's this, you know, this circle of hobby life that everyone keeps kind of contributing to. So it is, it is a lot of fun. So definitely is. But... Uh, yeah, that's that's it for uh, that's it for now, my fellow princeps. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed the episode, and uh, hopefully your reactors are cool and your weapons are hot uh, in your games. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely catch you next time here on Trident. Hi. Trident Wargaming. Build it, paint it, play it.